0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that pays tribute to people of the past by telling their stories today. I'm Gabe Lusier, and in this episode, we're talking about the sad day when a quiet Welsh village became known around the world as the town without children. The day was October 21st, 1966. An avalanche of coal waste swept through the village of Aberfan in South Wales, claiming the lives of 144 people. The tragedy in Aberfan was one of the worst mining disasters the country had ever known. The landslide swallowed everything in its path, including a farm, several houses, and the Pantglass Junior School, where half the children in the village were killed. During the Industrial Revolution, coal mining became the dominant industry in Wales, and though it was in decline by the 1960s, the coal pits were still the biggest employer in Aberfan. At the time, the small Welsh town was home to about 5,000 people, most of whom worked in the area's coal mines. As you might imagine, coal mining creates a great deal of waste. When the lump coal taken from the mines is washed, earth minerals and other fine particles are left behind. This waste rock slurry, also known as spoil, piles up fast, so it has to be routinely dumped into a designated area known as a spoil tip. The village of Aberfan sits at the foot of a broad hillside known as Minid Murther, and in 1966, there were seven spoil tips on that hillside. Tip number seven, which was started in 1958, was perched on this steep hillside directly above the village. As mining continued, the spoil tip grew larger, and by 1966, it towered 111 feet high and contain nearly 300,000 cubic yards of coal waste. The people of Aberfan were not oblivious to the danger hanging right over their heads. In 1963 and 1964, residents and local officials petitioned the operators of the mine, the National Coal Board, to do something about the mountain of waste that threatened to flood their town. They pointed out that the Pantglass Junior School and its more than 200 students would be directly in the path of such a landslide, but in the end, their concerns were ignored. According to later reports from the BBC, the National Coal Board essentially gave the town an ultimatum, keep quiet, or the mine you depend on will close. With the village's livelihood on the line, the conversation stopped there but the danger kept on growing. On the morning of October 21, 1966, the spoil tip above Aberfan was swollen after three weeks of steady rain. Below it, students at Pantglas were attending morning assembly on the half day of school before their midterm break. At 9.15 a.m., material from tip number 7 gave way. And a flood of slurry and debris began rushing down the hill at a speed of over 80 miles per hour. The students heard an ominous sound heading toward their school. An eight year old survivor named Gaynor Minette described the moment four years later. She said, It was a tremendous rumbling sound, and all the school went dead. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone was petrified, afraid to move. I just managed to get up and I reached the end of my desk when the sound got louder and nearer until I could see the black out of the window. I can't remember any more, but I woke up to find that a horrible nightmare had just begun in front of my eyes. The black that Gaynor glimpsed was a 30 foot high wave of liquefied coal waste just before it burst through the building and flooded her classroom and three others. The sad irony was that most of the men from the village were at work in the mines when this happened, and it was the spoil from their pits that had engulfed the school. Those same men were the first to arrive on the scene, and with the help of their wives and people from other nearby towns, they did everything possible to reach the students trapped inside the school. They dug away piles of sludge and debris with every tool they had and because of their quick, desperate work, they saved the lives of 25 children. Five of those students had survived till their rescue because of the quick thinking of the school's cook, Nancy Williams. She sacrificed her life by shielding the kids with her own body. But after 11 a.m. that morning, no one else was found alive. A day later, Steam shovels and bulldozers carved through the thick debris, and a constant stream of trucks carried it away. Even at that pace, it was nearly a week before the town realized the full scope of the tragedy. 116 children and 28 adults, including five teachers, had been lost. In the aftermath, a tribunal was tasked with investigating what had happened. The panel interviewed over a hundred witnesses and examined 300 exhibits of evidence. The conclusion was that the National Coal Board was solely responsible for the disaster. In its report, the tribunal noted that the event could and should have been prevented, writing, The Aberfan disaster is a terrifying tale of bungling ineptitude by many men charged with tasks for which they were totally unfitted of failure to heed clear warnings, and of total lack of direction from above. Not villains, but decent men, led astray by foolishness, or by ignorance, or by both in combination. The National Coal Board was slow to accept responsibility, and even slower to attempt restitution. Thankfully, there was no such hesitation in the people of the United Kingdom. The Aberfan Disaster Memorial Fund was established on the very day of the landslide, and by the time it closed in January of the following year, it had raised more than 1.7 million pounds, the equivalent of around 20 million pounds, or more than 25 million dollars today. Much of the money went to repairing the village and caring for the injured, but those who had been most affected by the tragedy received shockingly little. The fund's managers only offered 500 pounds each to bereaved parents, and even that was only due to pushback following their initial offer of 50 pounds each. A large portion of the funds went to the removal of the remaining spoil tips that loomed above the town. The National Coal Board had been asked to cover this cost, but it refused. Today, Aberfan is no longer a coal mining village, The events of 1966 left deep and lasting psychological scars on the people who survived the ordeal, and their pain lingers to this day. The site of Pantglass Junior School is now a memorial garden. It's lined with 116 white arches, one for each child who was killed on that fateful morning. May they and the other victims rest in peace. And may those who place profits above the lives of their fellow man face justice. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Show. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com.